0: Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance. Purple. Purple
1: purple purple purple
0: purple purple, purple. Meet Lauren. I couldn't wait to have lunch with Maddox the next day. I basically helped her retire when my law firm litigated a case for her a few years back. She was one of my best friends now. I was so excited to see her, and I needed a break from Kay. Maddox. Some some
2: can say I was alone by choice. I mean, yeah, there was a little truth to that. Instead of being with another lesbian, I was with these confused ass.
0: Man, why you come over here if you ain't got nothing to say? I have a lot to say, actually.
2: Well, you're the one who said you wanted to talk, so talk. I am.
0: I'm sorry, am I keeping you from something? Nah, nah, you not. And Stephanie.
2: I was meant to be famous, and that shit wasn't about to happen in New Orleans.
0: So I moved to Atlanta a few months earlier. That's how I met Patricia.
1: You snuck past security and came to my trailer. You know, it's very irresponsible you showing up here. What if someone mentions it to Mel?
0: That's not really my problem, is it? Understand this. I love my wife.
2: Hmm, I know. That's why you don't let me sleep on her side of the bed, right? Right,
0: right, right.
2: Stephanie couldn't get enough of me. The louder she moaned, the deeper I went. Someone's not giving you what you want. It's always someone else
1: that will.
0: that will. That will.
1: That will. That will. Hi, I'm Zane. You might be familiar with some of my New York Times bestselling books like Addicted, Afterburn, and The Heat Seekers. I'm excited to introduce a new podcast that I created with Stitcher called Purple Panties. It's a scripted fiction drama that's sexy, funny, but more importantly, it's a story about finding out who you are and learning to walk and live in your own truth. You can listen to it now on your favorite podcast app like Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Subscribe now, and to find out more, check out the website, purplepantiespodcast.com. Hey, lady listeners hey there. <laughs> i don't know why i feel like i was gonna I say something why. else and then i stopped
3: I know. I know i was feeling that too i was like and <laughs> and then you wanna
1: <laughs> welcome to read me romance this is tessa bailey i'm here with alexa riley also known as leah and mel the fabulous writing duo
3: hi and, Hi!
1: yeah we're here for aurora rose reynolds week and we're all really really excited so
3: i've been waiting you know. on this day since we did this podcast since we announced <laughs> we're doing the podcast i've been waiting on this day she's my fave i love her so much
2: I, do. I, don't likes- think, I don't think I I've she's wrote a book I haven't read.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, Mel is like the loyal every single word she reads the second it comes out. like. <laughs> but I just want to be her best friend. I just want to live with her and her husband and their baby and their dog and their cat. I just want to be an animal in their house is basically what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I'm saying. I met her for the first time last year at Indies Invade Philly. And I feel like she was one of the first people we asked to be on this podcast
3: probably and one of the yeah. first people to
1: be excited about it so mm-hmm.
3: we were like who will do anything for us hmm. <laughs> <laughs> aurora
1: <laughs> and she decided to grace us with her very first paranormal romance so i can't um, believe it i yeah.
3: know i'm so excited for it
1: i read this months ago called trapping her it's a i don't want to give anything away because i feel like there's a twist but
3: yeah.
1: um it takes place in scotland at <laughs> a castle and I'm already sold. And, and I think we ended up with the rest. vampire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just
3: save the rest. Save the rest.
1: There's something that really gets me about like a woman, like the heroine who's like left everything behind. And really like, kind of a e,
3: pray, love situation. Yeah, and to like go on a journey. Uh-huh. It makes I me so that. happy. Yeah. Do you do you like I I think it's easy to sort of idolise that situation, but then I'm like, what do you do when it's over like (laughs) i guess this is the vacation just never ends like i always think about the movie the beach like eventually they had to leave you know like then what
1: (laughs) like what comes after paradise well if you're i mean if you're with a vampire then it's just like you can you just it's immortal forever forever. yeah Yeah.
3: you're just rich and beautiful
1: which is going back to that whole twilight thing of like is life worth living if i'm not immortal (laughs)
3: Exactly. Well, and I, What's I think the point? too. Yeah. Well, and I just like also. Do you really want to be stuck at eighteen forever? I mean, I don't know that that was my best version of myself.
0: Physically,
1: <laughs> but you do get, but you do get wiser, right? Yeah. Like You, can you get wiser. You just you get smarter, stay the same. Not, appearance, not more
3: beautiful. Yeah. Like, what if you get turned into a vampire when you're fat? You never see a fat vampire. <laughs> there are books. Yes, there are. There are books with fat vampires. Where they were changed when they were chubbier, yeah. So, what, do you just stay chubby for the rest of your life? All right, You're constantly yeah. disappointed in your thighs? Oh, I don't want that be
1: <laughs> You just have to learn to be happy with yourself.
3: I mean, I'm super happy with myself now, but, like, again, 18-year-old Leah was not the version I want to be.
2: I think about that sometimes <laughs> when we're writing. Some of our heroines, <laughs> and they're, like, 18 and stuff, I'm like... I would to punch my 18-year-old nephew in the face. Why,
3: would, why <laughs> yep. am I romanticizing this? <laughs> well, most of our heroines, to be fair, kind of deserve a punch in the face. Every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> every, every now and then, especially when they do something stupid. What is that trope that you called it and I never remember? It's like initials. T.S too stupid t- to live yeah tstl that's a shelf on goodreads too stupid to live so if you want a dumb heroine like have at it some people fucking love it i but, love it well, yeah right it. so <laughs> every Alexa book ever is on it
1: <laughs> i feel like i can enjoy i can enjoy a book with that like with a heroine who makes bad decisions but i just don't never enjoy it as much as i do like books where i can relate to the heroine more yeah. So make, I can mean, read them and love them. back
2: on it. When you were 18, I made some stupid fucking decisions. I was too stupid to live at time.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised I'm alive right now. Yeah, i mean. <laughs> true
2: story. Are we, though? Are we, huh? alive?
3: <laughs> but I wonder, too, like, I mean, you said it's too stupid to live. Like, I can enjoy that. Obviously, I write it.
2: That's when the hero comes in. She yeah. To say. <laughs> yeah,
3: to make the better decisions. But I think it's easier to have those in, like, snack bites. You know, you're not yeah. going to make a full meal out of a book that, you know, is like that, which is why Alexa Riley writes such short books because, let's be honest, that's that's the market we're in. But I just feel like it's easier to to swallow oh, those right. sort of books oh, like right. that.
2: write heroes that are kind of perfect-ish, and it's hard to be longer when they don't do anything wrong.
3: Yeah, when they're like, well, we're never leaving, we're always together, then what's the conflict? No, I'm going <laughs> to fix that, I'm going to make everything right, I have all this money, what else do you want, you know, like, <laughs> like,
2: like have how this money, have we ever talked you about that book where we never said what the guy did for a living and people were like... What is this <laughs> job? And we're like, fucking her. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, have we said this is Read Me Romance? I, I think we did. Just, we said okay, this is Read okay. Me
1: Romance. If you've just joined us and you came because Aurora Rose Reynolds brought you here, we do free audiobook every week. It's original content. Like, you can't get this audiobook anywhere else. And you can't get the ebook either right now. But we basically release it in five sections, Monday through Friday. And at the end, you get your Happily Ever After every Friday. So. We're going to start trapping her in a little while after we rec- talk, talk for books air. for a while. Yeah.
3: I have a question, though. Where the fuck are you right now?
1: I'm in my daughter's bedroom.
3: Because I see a poster of a shark bitten board behind you. Like yeah. a surfboard. Okay.
1: My daughter has an obsession with this sh- uh, this movie called Soul Surfer.
3: Uh-huh what's it yeah movie? it's a
1: true story based oh my on... god i
3: know a movie that leah doesn't yeah
1: oh wow hey,
3: wait wait is this a is this like a made for tv movie no 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 It's oh, okay. uh, got
1: it's got dennis quaid and helen hunt in it and it's based on the true story of the surfer um bethany hamilton who had her her arm bitten off by a shark
3: oh i know that yeah okay, i do know that movie okay
1: so my daughter, like I don't I know why, so she's like super obsessed with that movie, and she's watched it like a hundred times. I don't know if she just is morbid and likes the part where the shark bites the arm <laughs> off. <laughs> or if well, she's she... your kid,
3: so <laughs>
1: she is my kid.
3: I mean, fifty-fifty. <laughs> the reason I'm
1: in the in her room is there's people downstairs fixing this massive leak that happened in my basement.
3: Yeah. So did the, is this the leak that happened? Because I like you're away in Chicago last weekend, and I see just randomly on your Instagram story. That there's a leak in your wall and sheetrock and insulation have been ripped out. And I text you. I was like, are you okay? (laughs) Because I knew you weren't there. (laughs) Everything.
1: My sanity is balanced on the needle of a pin. Like, (laughs) like, at all times. And I haven't left town in a year because my my daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes last April. And I just like, we've been getting a handle on it. And I haven't left town. And I, so I finally was like, okay, I'm going to go to Chicago for this book, this book signing. I, like, there's post-its up, there's checklists up all over the house. The The first
3: time you decide to leave. First
1: time I decide. I'm not on the plane, a pipe bursts in the wall, and my husband has the entire basement wall taken down. So, like, my thing is, okay, now my daughter is in the house, the front door is open, strange men are traipsing in and out. It's my absolute nightmare.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And he's not focused on her taking care of her, he's focused on... What's so happening now in, in the basement. basement? Yeah. So, like, I was just, sc- I was screaming. I was, like, a lunatic. I was screaming at him over my over text messages, like, voice messages. My dad actually texted me, and he was like, you're being a little hard on your
3: husband. <laughs> <laughs> was he there? Was your dad there?
1: Yeah, my dad was, yeah, my dad was here because he owns a construction, he's a construction, he has oh, a construction that's company. Oh,
3: right. They did your bath.
1: Yeah, and it's actually one of his guys that made the faulty like twist of the wrench and and burst the pipe so oh, shit. so they were over here with like wet dry backs and anyways mm-hmm. I, I was like a lunatic for about 24 hours until I was like is the door to the house locked is everybody out <laughs> like I just you know I, I need yeah. control over the situation mm-hmm. and you so, had none I had none Well, I
3: mean to be fair though like this is your nightmare situation and you got through it yeah I mean it, I mean honestly, like the worst case scenarios kind of popped up while you were away and you couldn't do anything, and it was handled,
1: so. yeah no I know it's true, and I actually think like I came out on the other side with like a better like he did my dad my husband did a really good job taking care of mackenzie's uh like blood like blood sugar all weekend
3: mm-hmm.
1: like he did amazing, and so now I feel like I can go away, oh, that's um, great, yeah, so that's a good Aww. thing.
3: I know that gave you some, like, security and peace of mind just to be able to, like, go away from home. You know, because, I mean, when... Not that you want to, like, be able to jet off whenever you want, but feeling tethered to something is so stressful. Yeah. Like, you know, and just not feeling secure about being gone. Like, I get that.
1: It's also good for me to, like, understand that I'm not the mo- the, the best, at, I mean, like, the only person that can do something. I like no- that you're right.
3: correcting it. You're like, no, 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 I'm definitely the best at everything, but I'm not the only person. <laughs> I mean, I
1: am <laughs> the best. But I'm not the only no, one that can. You're like, the mom. Super, yeah,
3: you're a hundred percent the best at all of it. Like I know that my way to load the dishwasher is the best I and know. most efficient <laughs> way. But I'm not the only one that can do it. There what? are other people that are capable of it, but mine's the best way.
1: I feel like oh I'm the God. only one that does not care about loading a dishwasher correctly. Yeah, you're the. Only I just one. throw shit in there oh, I and I turn it, it on. Do you do all that, right. Mel?
2: Well, no. maybe it's because Pat's a bartender. My, I don't know. I just do the same thing I noticed as the way my mom did things. I'm like, that, I, that my, that's not how mom loads it. You gotta load it like
1: this. <laughs> See, I probably purposefully like, do everything opposite of my mother.
2: Even <laughs> so, Rob, over like, home, like, Windex and stuff, I'm like, shit. that's not the kind of Windex mom gets. It's not right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I had a couple of moments in at KissCon that were like classic Tessa moments where I put my foot I can't in my wait. mouth. I can't First of wait. all, we had a lot of lady listeners come up to my signing table. And <gasps> Did they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they talk
3: about me? Did they say how pretty I am? Yes.
1: yes. That was okay, the good. first thing they said. Okay, everybody thinks Mel is sweet, and everybody thinks your laugh is the best.
3: My laugh is, number one, my laugh's trash. Number two, <laughs> Mel is not sweet. She's quiet, okay?
1: You, you fooled She's them all, Mel. <laughs>
3: number three, let's go back to how pretty I am. Every, every time somebody meets Melissa or Tessa, I want you to say first how pretty Leah is, okay? all
1: right. Yeah, Tessa, I just wanted to say that <laughs> Leah is so pretty. <laughs> Um, I love so the it. Fir- one of the things that <laughs> happened was a, w- a girl came up to my table, two girl, go- two women came to my table, mm-hmm. and I'm signing her stack of books that she brought for me, and I was like, Oh, are you uh, I, I noticed she had this book called Off Base. And I oh, yeah. and I go, You uh into the daddy stuff, and she's just smile her first smile just freezes on her face and she just just looks huh? at me and she goes, uh-huh. This is my mom. This is my mom. <laughs> oh, oh, my <laughs> she was there with her mom. <gasps>
3: No. Yeah. Oh. So you're like. Let and me I go. Just... It has.
1: And I just immediately just start going. It has nothing to do with like her father or anything like that.
3: Oh no, you didn't. You, and I go. You know worse. what? I'm just gonna drop it. I'm gonna drop. Oh my god, you made it worse. I made it worse. I know.
1: No. I it <laughs> the other thing that happened was we did this thing up on a big stage in front of a, a big room full of people. We oh, did ro- god, romance, no. romance, family feud.
3: I'm cringing already. So. You're watching... so tense right now, by the no. way. You okay. look like you're so tense, what
1: you're telling me. I've been watching Family Food since I was, like, a kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, I still watch it with Steve Harvey. I love Steve Harvey. Yeah. And he – and, like, every time I watch it, you guys probably do the same thing where you're like, oh, my God, these people are idiots. I can't believe they can't get this answer.
2: No, I bet you freeze in the moment. You, know,
1: uh, I you do. I can tell you now with the definitive wow. – Definitive – I have panic moments where
2: it's just, like – gone it's like when somebody's like what's your kid's birthday and you feel like you're on the spot you're like oh i never know that, uh. they're that like, how that's... old's your kid i'm like oh 19 11 i don't know somewhere <laughs> <right> in there
1: <laughs> not in high school yet so one it. of the questions was name a reason that the hero and the heroine of a romance novel might need to get married right away she's pregnant and i yeah, that was the number one answer. But I go, uh, uh, a dare. A dare?
3: A dare? Oh, that's not bad, actually. Oh, that's terrible. That's not bad. I would have said that.
1: It was like, eh.
3: What'd you say, Mel? What would you say? Like a well, somebody died. Oh, okay. That's right. On Paradise. inheritance. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I can't remember the other ones, but Marriage some of, of the Cavinia. best moments were... Like, I don't know if, if anybody out there has read Lorraine Heath, but she is like a historical romance author, and she's an older lady, and she's very genteel and Southern, and she's kind of like known as a class act in the romance community. Oh, so and like me. Got it. Of course, it comes to her when we're trying to name five different five different names for penis in a, in a sex scene, and she has to say cock into the microphone. <laughs> it was like the greatest moment. Yeah. I
3: love that. Oh, that's so cute. But anyways, thanks
1: to all the lady listeners who came over and said hi. And there was some really lovely ladies. And that was in
3: Chicago, right?
1: It was in Chicago.
3: Did they do it in Chicago every year?
1: This is the, so they've had a few KissCons, but they've been relatively small. This is the first time they've done one that's like been, you know, 50 authors or whoever many were there. Oh, wow. and I think they're going to try and do it every year, but it was really fun. There was an ice cream social. There was a movie in pajama night. There was Aww, like, like um, there was a uh, vintage and vinos vino party. And so I thought any you could dress up from any era. And so I came dressed like punk, and everybody was dressed up like 1950s. So that was now, fun. I was
3: wondering what that was with your wig. So <laughs> yeah. you had a wig on. I, I mean, just I'm
1: can't stop embarrassing saying... myself.
3: Well, no, not really that, but you love quote unquote fancy dress. Like you love dressing up for an a, like a party, like a costume. Mm-hmm. Like if there is a costume involved, Tessa's gonna do it and she's gonna try to win. Even if there's no <laughs> prize or contest.
1: But I'll try to make it seem like I just threw it together. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah.
3: like, oh it's really nonchalant. Oh, i been yeah, working like on it Mary for three Poppins weeks. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> like that Mary Poppins thing. Like yes, exactly. You bought that costume and you're you like, guys I caught me picked it up today. But it looked like you had sewn it for six months. It was gorgeous.
2: <laughs> like when I take a picture of swag out on my counter. Yeah, I just had to clean all this shit off the picture counter. It doesn't always look like that. But Tessa makes it look like, oh, it's gone. Yeah, I just have a
3: beautiful packaged swag just laying around, ready for Instagram. <laughs> I'm like
2: 409 scrubbing the counter. <laughs> I know, right?
1: Okay, so this is a paranormal. Wait, okay, before we go any further... Mel, talk about Aurora Rose Reynolds books. What's your favorite? What is every... Like, if people haven't listened to her yet, where should they start?
2: Until November is free. And that's when her first book.
1: Until November. Okay. And
2: I fell in love with her. She just writes very good alpha males who are all about the heroine, but not they can be pushy, but not too pushy. And there's a lot of banter and there's there's friends with the banter. I don't know. It's just all around good. I think the thing I love the most about an Aurora Rose Reynolds book is when I get it, I know what I'm getting. I'm going to get the same kind of manish, the same kind of girls, but I'm going to get it's going to be fluffy and funny. And then there's going to be some parts where your heart clenches for a little mm-hmm. bit. Yep. But not only that, you get to really live in the love. Like the couple falls in love pretty early on or you know that they have intense feelings for each other. And then you get to see them in this relationship, you know, have some ups and downs and challenges and see them with their family. And it's just, it's just fun to live in the love for a little while and the conflict to happen kind of around them.
3: Well, I think that's what's great about, like you say about Aurora Rose, is that no matter what, you can pick up any one of her books, and you know what you're going to get. You know, I feel like we try to do that as well, like, so that you're not like, oh, this one, it makes me super sad, or, or this one's super angsty, or this one's got cheating, or, you know, you don't get anything like that, where it's like, you just pick them up and go.
2: And I reread them all the time. Like, yesterday, I was working on some of her promo that you guys will be seeing through the week for that, promoting her other books that we want you guys to check out. And I was like, I'm going to reread all of this one, this one, this one, this one. I was pulling them up on my phone because she's got audios with all of her. So I was like, I'm going to listen to this one tomorrow when I work on graphics. Oh, I forgot about this one. Audios
3: are great. And I feel like her heroines are really relatable. Like the women in her books, I don't feel like they're over the top or, you know, crazy and not really dramatic. They're uh, just relatable.
2: Yeah, they always have those moments when they're like, I don't know, like the, oh my God, he's so hot, but I should not like him. That was an asshole thing he did. I can't <laughs> yeah. <hurt> myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Where it's like, been there, girl, been there. <laughs> so that's a, she's just a fun, a fun read. And they're a little bit longer. So, like, they're not all like super fast or whatever. I'm, I'd say a little bit longer. They're like a hundred and some pages, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, they're not like, you know, they don't take forever to read, but they're not over over super quick like a novella that we write. <laughs> so so you get a little more substance with it and there's a little more character development and a little more story to it. And like you say, you get time to live in the love and see them together. She's just she's I such know. an amazing like I feel like she's just cornered that her that perfect market.
2: Now, Lauren Donner might be is my favorite author, but if you ask me for a suggestion, you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. I love your books, who should I read? Overall, Rose Reynolds is going to be the first name out of my mouth.
3: Yeah, for sure. Because it's not only is it similar to what we write, but like I said, you get a little more fleshed out story. So, I just, and she's also just an incredible person. And you get
2: connected with the characters, and she does them all, like, Mm -hmm. the brothers and everything. Yeah,
3: and all the kids, too, like, you know, until November, like, they grow, they have kids, like, July and all that, like, they all grow up, and you get their story. Yeah, you actually
2: feel like you know all this huge family. (laughs) Yeah,
3: exactly, because they're all connected and stuff, and and then she just opened up her world, and, like, it's just, it's really awesome.
1: I I, I really enjoyed this one, and... i i I love that the hero comes onto the page super strong you know like i want to know who the hero is and what he's about in like two paragraphs Mm -hmm. and i don't want to spoil anything but he comes on pretty strong (laughs) he's (laughs) like you have to leave (laughs) and i'm oh that's another one of my catnips is when the hero's like you have to get out of here he's like get away from me immediately Mel, do you
3: remember for your when, own we good? Went to, when we were blogging and we went to New York, it was the first time we'd ever gone. I think I, I might have been pregnant then. Sure. When we went to New York, it was just me and you. And that was the first time I met Aurora Rose in person. And she was there with her super sweet husband. Like, I know her husband online. He's like funny and and he just dotes on her it is like that times a million in real life like this man loves her so much and you can just tell how much she loves him like they're such an amazing couple
1: and their little boy is so cute oh my god right (laughs) his smile his smile is just like (sighs) he
3: melts he melts heart he's adorable But that was the first time I met her in person and she brought me a New York bagel because at the time they still lived in New York and she brought me a bagel and stuff because I told her I'd never been, I'd never had one and it was like the sweetest thing ever and I remember giving her this giant hug. And then from then on, I just felt like I knew her, like, you know, just meeting her the one time I felt like we were just old friends or something, you know, and watching her like with her husband and when they moved from New York and started their life in Tennessee and, you know, their adoption of their son and like, you know, she was really open and honest about, you know, their struggles with what infertility or or you know whatnot and and you know their their process of adoption and everything they went through and how long it was and how much they wished for a baby and you know finally bringing their baby boy home and like I like the day they posted when they brought their uh, their son home like I cried you know because yeah. it was like you know they lived it I mean to their credit they lived this out in the open like they shared their experience to to help people understand what a process this is and the struggles they went through. And, you know, they share their son now and just see him grow up and smile. And, you know, I posted, you know, the other day I commented on a picture. She had a, a something you know a picture of him and I was like, I know this sounds crazy, but he looks just like you right here. Like the way he was <laughs> smiling at her, like it was so sweet. And so like, I don't know, it's just, it's so heartwarming to like see an author in this industry who is just she always lifts up other authors she always you know shares those around her you know she's really into like promoting women and you know helping each other out and just you know to see just a genuinely good person who writes these amazing books be successful like there's no greater thing honestly than her success it's so well deserved and it couldn't go to a better person
1: so if you want to follow her on Instagram you could find her at Aurora Rose are um, if you want to see her cute little family oh <laughs> and how God. awesome she is. You need to. When I met her in, in, in I'll just say one more thing. is that and When I met her in Philly, she seemed like the kind of person that like listens to other people talk instead of like waiting for her turn to talk. Yeah, do you know that? Definitely. That like, yeah. kind of way? Like, I, it's rare to find people like that that like, genuinely just want to hear what you're, you have to say. That's really nice. Yeah.
3: <clears throat> just a super kind person.
1: So we're going to play uh, the first installment of Trapping Her. Wait, did, Leah, did you have an email that you wanted to read?
3: I do. Yeah, I can read it now
1: okay read that I, and then we'll then we'll play the the first installment of trapping her so
3: i guess in the same vein of talking about people that we really like so i think you know we talked about i'm going to disney on this trip that's coming up my, my family we're all going to California. So, a couple of weeks ago I was at my sister's house and we were having coffee on the porch and her neighbor Carrie came over. And I went to high school with Carrie and we were talking and she and I was telling her about our Disney trip coming up and she was like, "Oh, well, I book I'm a travel agent if you want some help." And I was like, "I mean, she's a good friend." I was like, "So, how much do you charge?" And she was like, "I don't charge for it. She said, "I think that's a common misconception with travel agents." she said that, she said, the like Disney or whoever pays me. She said, I don't do anything but book the trip you would have booked, but I do it for you. And I send you your itinerary and they pay me separately. And I was like, no shit. So I actually had her like book my hotel, book my Disney tickets, like did everything for me. She even booked my universal trip in June and she got the same room rate, like the, the same deals, everything. And so she just gets, like I said, paid from them. And so, and so we were talking and I was like, you know what, you need to email me your love story. I said, I want to, I want to be able to share this on Read Me Romance because she's got a good one. And she was like, okay. And so she sent me an email. So I wanted to read it. Like it's, it's really, cute. So it says, I met Jared, my husband, he's five years older than me. When my son Noah was five months old, I was barely 18 and we fell hard. We spent every day together. And one week after we met, he gave me a diamond. Two weeks later, we eloped. It literally ha- I know it literally happened that fast. And nine and a half months later, we had our second son, Isaac. And then she said, so I had two babies a month after my 19th birthday.
0: (laughs) I
1: know. Oh, my God. She
3: said, fast forward to this June and we'll have been married 18 years. Our boys are 17 and 18 with our oldest, Noah, finishing his first year of college and Isaac heading there next August. So the reason I wanted to share this was not only her love story, but um, her story kind of along the way. She said, when I was 29, I noticed I had double vision and aches and pains that I never had before. My arms would just suddenly give out like I dusted ceiling fans, and then I couldn't lift them. Things continued, tests were ran, and I, sent, I was sent to many doctors and specialists for years, not really knowing what I had. Finally, after going to Emory, Mayo, and everywhere in between in 2015, I got a clinical diagnosis, a mesothena gravis. It's a neuromuscular disease where my immune system attacks my own muscles. Getting a diagnosis was a big deal, but it was also hard to hear about wheelchairs, oxygen tanks, lung tests, and things that could and could not happen. So I decided to grab life by the horns by clean eating, using supplements, and guess what? It worked. I was the best I'd ever felt in the last couple of years. I was off all my meds and doing great, but in September 2016, we were hit on an interstate on the way home from a beach vacation. It was a big hit and mine and Isaac's Dower were crushed. My foot was broken and I was a mess. Well apparently it triggered my mesothena gravis and it flared big time. By December I was struggling to breathe on my own. I was in and out of the hospital and much worse than my previous week, arms and my previous week arms and double vision. Basically all my muscles became too weak and I got aspiration pneumonia just from the weak muscles used in swallowing. I was I was bad, and since then, I've been fighting to get my life back to normal. Steroids medicine, immune suppressants, IV fluids, rituxin treatments, which is a form of chemo in Atlanta, that we're here now. I've been doing this since January 2017. I have a port, and I'm able to administer my five-day infusions on my own, but I have to go back and forth for rituxin. From my, and my neurologist, and my neurologist is there. That's what got me into being a big travel planner. I love to work, I miss being able to work. My kids are almost grown and gone. I need to stay busy, but it's just who I am. It's my favorite thing. The memories you make when you travel are priceless, and my health and traveling change. But every year, my wish is that I get to go far enough that I can get on an airplane. Mm-hmm. I know. I reached out to my travel agent and said, Would you consider um, hiring someone? So here we are. I plan all inclusive honeymoons, Disney, Universal, cruises in Disneyland um really anywhere I can. All my clients so that they don't pay me since all my services are planning are paid by the places you visit. She says it's just been a weird and long season of medical bills and medical travel and I hope that in the next few years I'll hold some of the travel ahead. So I just wanted to share her story cuz she is just genuinely like one of the nicest people I've ever met. She just really she not only did she help me book my vacation, but all the money she makes from booking vacations, she has a moonshine jar that she puts the cash in and her and her husband want to go on a big trip this year. So that's what they're saving for. So if you have a trip, you want to book, I just would definitely suggest her name is Carrie Childers and her email is magical adventures by Carrie, or she has a group on Facebook. It's magical adventures by Carrie. So she I mean, plans it and
1: you don't pay for it and they just no. pay her. Yeah, that's exactly. Amazing. Just
3: I know just like to kind of like to incentivize you to go. She just tells you like, like she actually got me a really good deal on that. I was telling you about it earlier about the place, and Disney where we're staying in the hotel. She was like, well, if you just book one more night, you can get this package and you basically get tickets for free the next day. And I was like, okay. Like she just, you know, she knows deals and stuff like that. But I just like her love story in general is really cute that she met her husband, you know, when she was 18. Yeah. It's like, it does happen. (laughs) I know. And it was within three weeks they were married and they've been married 18 years. You know, I just think that's incredible. And she's like, You know, she's like 36 or something, you know, like it's incredible.
1: So that's a lot. And, that's a lot in 36 years. I
3: know. Well, I that's, hope she
1: fills that jar and goes on a big vacation.
3: I know. I asked her if she could go anywhere. Where would she go? And she's she was like, I would really go anywhere. She's like, kind of always wanted to go to Ireland. And I was Eagle. like, well, I got to hook up if you need to go. I can <laughs> tell you she can tell you where to go, what to do. You're
1: talking so, yeah. about Eagle, not me. Eagle, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely I was like, Eagle. I feel like I don't I, I no. feel like I've been several times and still couldn't really get a great <laughs> itinerary for it.
3: Yeah, but she's just, like I said, she's just a genuinely good person, and and I just thought, like, I asked her, I was like, can I talk about you? And she was like, I mean, what are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fair enough. That's that's a good question. <laughs> yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, good luck with that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play the first installment of Trapping Her by Aurora Aurora <laughs> <I can't, laughs> yeah. blah, blah. Aurora Rose Reynolds, the fabulous mm-hmm. Aurora Rose Reynolds. And we'll be back on the other side to talk to you about more. So enjoy. Bye. Bye.
0: Chapter 1 Parking my car in the circular driveway, I sit forward and look up at the castle in front of me. Grey stone gargoyle statues, which are hundreds of years old, are perched on the edge. The detail's so realistic, it makes them look like they might come to life and swoop down on uninvited guests. There are two round turrets on either side of the castle and a huge wooden front door right out of a horror flick. As thunder sounds and lightning streaks across the sky, I jump in my seat and cover my heart with my hand. This isn't a horror flick, Isabel. This is real life, and in real life you need this account. Otherwise you'll have to go home. With the thought of tucking my tail between my legs and admitting to my parents I messed up, I grab my purse off the passenger seat and push the door open. As soon as my foot touches the asphalt, I see the front door open and a good-looking man with rusty red hair and broad shoulders Step outside wearing a green and blue plaid kilt. Lord, he looks like he just walked out of a painting from hundreds of years ago. I'm guessing you're Isabel. I'm Angus. His Scottish brogue is so thick it would normally take me a few moments to decipher what he said. But I've been here long enough I'm used to it. I am. Nice to meet you. I walk toward him and jump a little when another rumble of thunder fills the air. You're American, he states sweeping his gaze over me like he might find an American flag pin attached to my jacket. Yes, I walk up the stone steps toward him. He shakes his head. Lass, what are you doing all the way out here? I don't tell him I followed a man I thought I was in love with, because that information is unnecessary and still makes me feel like a fool. Instead, I push my shoulders back and give him a partial truth. I love this country. I always wanted to live here. Since I could remember, I've always felt an odd connection to Scotland, like I was meant to be right where I am now. If I'm honest, the castle before me seems almost familiar. This should be interesting, he mutters, turning for the open door behind him. Having no idea what he means, I follow him inside and barely hold back a gasp from the beauty I see. Stone walls covered in priceless art and antique furniture that looks just as perfect as the day it was made. It's like stepping back in time to an era long forgotten. Cameron, is in the study working? I'll take you to him. That won't be necessary, Angus. A deep, dark voice rumbles in a Scottish accent, sending a chill down my spine. When I lock eyes with the man standing a few feet away, who's wearing a custom-tailored suit that contours to every inch of him, my knees get weak. He's tall, probably over a foot taller than me, and so broad, he seems to engulf the curved doorway way behind him. His long hair is so black it's almost blue in the soft light, and his eyes seem to glow from within as they roam over me. Standing before him, fear fills me, and my blood starts to rush through my veins. There is a darkness surrounding him that seems out of place and almost otherworldly. We stare at each other, and I fight the urge to run. Even as everything in me screams to do so, His nostrils flare, then I swear I see his eyes flash like the lightning erupting outside. You can go. Your services are no longer needed. He turns away from me and begins to walk off. Part of me wants to accept his dismissal without a fight, get into my car and drive as far away from him as I can. Another piece of me knows if I do, my dream of living in Scotland will come to an abrupt end, and that's unacceptable. I need to be here. Something inside me needs to be here. Why? He doesn't acknowledge my question, so I walk toward his retreating back, pulling in a breath as I state, You promised me this account over the phone, and by email. We had a verbal and written agreement. You cannot just dismiss me without reason. I see his big body still, and when he turns to face me, he's suddenly much closer than he should be. So close I can smell the scent of him. Not cologne. Him? So close, I can feel his breath against my face and his warm, hard body pressed against mine. You want to know why? The question is growled, and I swallow as I nod. You stay, and I'll fuck you. The harsh words vibrate with truth and I gasp. I'll not just fuck you, little one. He dips his head and runs his nose up my throat, over my beating pulse and inhaling a sharp breath there before moving his mouth to my ear. His large hands lock onto my hips, holding tight as he continues speaking. I'll take everything from you. I'll drain you dry until there's nothing left. My mind fills with a vision of him and me doing things I've never done before. Dirty things. Wicked things. Things that make my clit pulse, nipples harden, and wetness pool between my legs. Visions that are so realistic, I'd swear they already took place. Run, sweets. Run before I don't allow you to run from me. With my hands shaking, I lift them to his chest and push. I know my strength doesn't move his heavy weight, but he releases the hold he has on me instantly and takes a step back. Breathing harshly, I examine his handsome chiseled features, his dark lashes, full lips, and ticking jaw. With power I didn't even know I had within me, I lift my chin and square my shoulders. You promised me this account. I expect you to hold up your end of our deal without any of the, I feel heat hit my cheeks, without any of the, the other stuff you mentioned. Bloody hell, I hear Angus hiss behind me, but I keep my gaze locked on Cameron's. He finally pulls his eyes from mine to look over my shoulder, and then he begins to speak rapidly and angrily in a language I don't understand. Angus replies in the same dialect and tone to whatever he said, And then Cameron gives me a sweeping look that I feel everywhere. You've been warned, little one. And with that particularly scary sentence, he walks off. No, not walks. He stalks off, his heavy footsteps sounding loud, like the crazy beat of my heart. I sag against the wall behind me, then jump when fingers wrap around my forearm. Come on, lass, let's get you settled. I'm guessing your overnight case is in the car. I'll bring it to you once I've shown you to your rooms. Lord, how on earth did I forget I'd be staying here, residing in a castle with a man I don't know? Well, I prepare all the antiques in the place for sale through the auction house I'm working with. Easy, I guess, since I hadn't met Cameron Campbell in person until a few moments ago. If I had, there's no way I would have accepted the terms of the contract. Okay, I blow out a breath. Thank you, and yes, my bag's in the car. I state shakily as he leads me up a winding stone staircase to the second floor. When we reach a door at the end of the hall, he pushes it open and allows me to step inside before he follows me in. You'll sleep here, but as stated in your contract, you'll have full access to the entire castle, except for Cameron's rooms and his office. I give him a nod to let him know I heard him. Are you sure about this, lass? You can go if you need to. I'm not leaving, Again, my voice is stronger than it should be under the current circumstances. Or maybe I'm just that desperate. He nods. Dinner is at six. You have some time before then to get settled. If you'd like, I'll show you around after I drop your bags off with you and speak with Cameron. At the mention of Cameron, hundreds of questions float to the tip of my tongue, but I don't ask them. Instead, I place a smile on my face. I would like that very much. Thank you, Angus. He doesn't respond with words. He lifts his chin in acknowledgment, then leaves, shutting the door behind him. Alone, I walk around the room, taking everything in. The canopy bed in the middle of the room is surrounded with wispy curtains. On the bed is a deep red velvet cover with golden sheets that look like silk. The paintings hanging on the walls all have ornate antique frames, and the dresser and chaise are the same dark decorated wood as the bed. Without anything to do, I go to the chaise and sit. I pull my cell phone from my purse still wrapped around my shoulder and tap the screen to bring it to life. There's no cell service. I don't even have one measly bar to make me feel better. I drop my phone to my side with a groan while laying my head back. You're an idiot, Isabel, I chide myself, wondering why this feels more like a new beginning rather than just a new job. Chapter 2 His eyes roam over my naked body cast in firelight, and I writhe under his gaze. Beautiful little one, you're absolutely beautiful, perfect for me in every way. I feel his words whisper against my skin as his hard naked body moves to settle between my parted legs. His lips trail down my neck to my breast, and when his hot mouth closes around one hard nipple, I gasp, then moan, sinking my fingers into his hair. Don't stop. Never, he bites down, and his sharp teeth sink into my flesh, drawing blood and making me moan. I come awake on a gasp with my pussy pulsing, and I sit up before I roll to my side, flipping on the bedside lamp. Once my eyes adjust to the light, I tug the top of my nightgown down and examine my chest. Logically, I know I won't find a mark, but then again, the dream felt all too real. Even now, I could swear I smell the fire and him. I fall to my back, squeezing my eyes closed. I should not be dreaming of Cameron, a man I met just once briefly. I really shouldn't be dreaming of him doing those naughty things to me, but I am. Every night and day for the past three days I've been in his home. He's invaded my thoughts and dreams. I sit up in bed, then toss back the covers and stand. I grab my robe off the end of the chaise and tie it around my waist. I need a glass of water. Really, I need a drink, a hard one but I doubt I'll find alcohol in the kitchen downstairs, since none has been served with dinner. With my hand on the handle of the door, I pause, not wanting to unexpectedly run into the owner of the house. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I remind myself Cameron hasn't been around since our first meeting. I haven't seen him at all since the day I showed up. He's like a ghost, a figment of my imagination. With that reminder, I open the door and step out. The soft bulbs above me light my way as I head down the stone stairway. When I reach the kitchen, a room Angus showed me my first night, I go to one of the front open cabinets and grab a glass. I turn on the water, then fight the urge to jump when a presence fills the room. I know it's him without looking. I know because equal amounts of fear and desire fill my veins. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. You didn't? I turn to face him and my mouth goes dry. Dressed in nothing but a pair of black silk pajama bottoms with his hair tied away from his gorgeous face. He looks like he walked right off the pages of some kind of women's only magazine. Your heart says otherwise, little one. I frown at his odd statement. Pardon? Nothing. He comes closer to where I'm standing. You can't sleep. It's not a question. I had a nightmare. I lie with a shrug. If all nightmares were as pleasurable as mine, I'd never fear sleeping. Heck, I'd try to sleep forever. What kind of nightmare? His eyes search mine as he studies me. I lift the glass in my hand to my mouth, taking a sip of cool water before I answer. The usual kind? About things that don't exist? Things that don't exist? He comes even closer, and I fight the urge to retreat. It doesn't matter. I wave my hand out in front of me. It was just a dream. Some say dreams are our souls seeking what they desire most. He wraps a hand around my hip, the warmth soaking through the layers of thin material covering me. What do you desire, Isabel? My pulse skitters as a rush of heat pools between my legs and my nipples pebble. Looking into his eyes, I want to tell the truth, to admit I desire him. I want to tell him all the things I imagine him doing to me. Do you desire my mouth? His eyes drop to my lips briefly. My hands on your beautiful body. The warmth of his palm slides up my side, and his thumb curls under my breast. A whimper I can't control escapes my throat as Cameron leaves my lips. I could make you come so easily. I could give you more pleasure than you've ever dreamt of with just one touch. All you have to do is say the word. Say the word? I want to. I want to tell him to give me whatever he's willing to give. But something within me has me fighting the urge. Let me go, I demand softly. And I swear I see his eyes flash from within with golden light once more. Seeming stunned by my request, he tightens his hold on me while pressing his body into mine. You want me to let you go? I lick my lips with our eyes locked and nod. No. The one word is growled with both frustration and anger. I lift my empty hand to his bare chest and start to push him away, but stop when he dips his head and captures my mouth. His taste as he thrusts his tongue between my lips is familiar. It's euphoric, like sunshine and chocolate, like every joy I've ever experienced rolled into one. My nails dig into his flesh, and I kiss him back, soaking in the feeling of his embrace. Just like his taste, his hold brings back memories that don't seem to be mine. Memories of a man and woman in love. Images flash through my mind, none making sense, all from a time hundreds of years ago. Gods. He pulls away and is suddenly across the room, breathing heavy as he thrusts his hands through his hair. With my hands shaking and feeling more alone than I ever have in my life, I lift my fingers to my lips. What was that? My voice is softer than a whisper as I try to understand what just happened, what I just saw. It cannot be. What was that? I repeat, staring at him, and he lifts his head to look at me. The look in his eyes is filled with such pain, I feel it like it's my own. The glass in my hand slips from my grasp, shattering at my feet. I start to move, but before I can, I'm lifted off the ground and held tightly in Cameron's arms. Where are you taking me? I wrap my arms around his shoulders. To bed. My stomach flutters as his lips touch my temple. I hold on to him as he carries me up the stairs, and only release him when my back touches my mattress. Cameron. Not now, love. We'll speak tomorrow. He kisses my forehead and then pulls the blanket up over me. I watch him as he scrutinizes me and can tell he's torn. When he turns out my lamp, the urge to ask him to stay is on the tip of my tongue. I bite it back, confused by all that has happened. Sleep well, Isabel. Tomorrow will come soon enough. With that, he leaves through the door. I roll to my side, then pull one of my pillows to my chest. I hold it close as my mind spins with a million questions.
1: Hey, we're back.
3: Well, hey, how's it going? How's it going?
1: <laughs> I'll tell you, we'll tell you about some stuff that Aurora Rose has on for sale and available now in like Kindle Unlimited and stuff in a second. But I did want to tell you one quick thing. I wanted to talk to you about this other podcast called Heaving Bosoms. I met one of the hosts in Chicago over the weekend. Her name was Erin, and she was super lovely. And just talking to her for a few minutes made me want to listen to her podcast. And she likes our podcast, so I thought I would mention hers and t- talk to you like about it for like two seconds. Did you um, see in
3: our headquarters group somebody had asked like, "I've caught up to read me romance, Now what?" And somebody was I know bosoms. Yeah, that was the first thing that was suggested.
1: So it's like they basically just pick a book every week and they talk about it. It's kind of focused on one book. They're not talking about like a million different things like us. They actually stay on track.
3: Oh, oh, they stay on... What's that like? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. What is that like?
1: Uh, They don't take themselves too seriously. They're a little bit snarky, a little bit critical, but they also, um, you know, acknowledge the fact that they have their own tastes and biases and they're very sex positive. They're funny. They're genuine. Um, You don't have to read the book to listen to the podcast, but it does make it maybe a little more entertaining. And I think they post... Like, on their website, they wrote, they post their reading list so you know what's coming up on the podcast. So, yeah, I'm going to post the links. Wow, they're in, organized. They're organized. This
3: is bullshit. Why are we telling people <laughs> Thanks to Thanks for to making us podcast? look bad. Heaving yeah, I no, Fuck this heaving bosom. Nobody go
2: there.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's hosted by best friends Erin and Melody, and it's fabulous. You guys should go listen to it. I'm going to post the links to that podcast in our episode description so you guys can check it out. And, yeah.
2: For Aurora, don't forget you can get Until November for free right now. It is one of my favorites of her. She does have another book that is shorter if you want to try it out. And I believe it's 99 cents right now, which is Justified. It kind of runs short like an Alexa Riley book. And it's yeah, top I remember like that. those. I yes. love that book. <laughs> and good. then she also has one of her my favorite series from her is Fluck My Life. And that is all in Kindle Unlimited. They're all on audios. And that first book in that series is probably, God, it runs next to Until November and Until Nico for my favorite. The heroine Mm -hmm. in there is just like to die for. She's one of my favorite heroines.
1: Awesome. And then A.L. Jackson, who's going to be on the podcast in the future. I don't know if we've said that. Or if I should have said that, but <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, Pieces Pieces of Us by A.L. Jackson is out today. She's fantastic and a really nice person. Did you see um, that
2: cover? Nice. No, is I it? I haven't seen, seen it yet. It. Oh, okay. We'll describe You'll it. You'll have the link. There's just a guy on a bed. He looks nice. He looks click nice. Click the link um, that's in the show notes and you can see the cover.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay, guys, be back. We'll be giving you more more Aurora Rose Reynolds. <laughs> Why do I sound so dumb saying that?
3: <laughs> She's done it like off of a Beauty or um, Sleeping Beauty, right? That was her name. Sleeping Beauty's name was Aurora Rose. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, but nobody ever thought about it being a tongue twister. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I've never like, yeah, I've never had to say when it out I loud it, so many times. Well, you before. have to say
3: it in the Disney voice. Aurora
1: Rose, <laughs> <laughs> Aurora Rose, Aurora. Uh, it has to be in a British accent.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: but we'll be giving you more recs from her throughout <laughs> the week and we can't wait for the next installment of trapping her so make sure you come back tomorrow and hear the rest hear the next installment at least okay
2: later guys
1: bye, bye. bye. oh well, wait leah tell him what oh, to do shit. shit
3: sorry fuck your day up make say your bitch don't be a dick
2: bye. the
0: dog's in the pantry stop it bye